Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Manager Masterclass by 10X Managers. Today, I am really happy and excited to be joined by Svenja. Svenja, could you give us a brief introduction as a way to get us kicked off today? Yeah. Hi, Josh. Um, great to be here at 10X Managers. I'm a childhood financial planner and I'm a performance coach. And I used to work in financial services for all my life or all my career. Um, and now I combine that with coaching skills. So I help people make their own decisions around money and life. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm very excited because we're actually doing our first ever two-part masterclass today, Svenja. So we're going to be starting with around how people can budget and work with their finances a little bit more effectively and better, which is that whilst might not be directly related to management, it's something that all managers need to be doing. So I'm excited to be helping our community with that. And then we're going to go on to more of the performance side and talk about a time to think concept and way of working, which I've not come across before. And I'm excited to learn more about from you as well. If you're currently watching this episode, you're going to be listening to the budgeting your finances. If you're also interested in the second episode, make sure you do check that one out as well. But let's start with the whole budgeting side of things, Svenja. So why is personal budgeting so important from your perspective? There are a number of things, really. The first one I would say is most people want to feel in control of their finances. It's what we call financial well-being these days. But it's for me, it's more than that, really. I am a firm believer in making deliberate decisions about your life and that's the only way to direct and to get to where you want to get to rather than just letting life happen to you. And that is absolutely the same for money as well. There's quite a lot of research that says we spend what we have in our accounts. It doesn't matter if it goes up, if you all of a sudden earn more, you've had a promotion, you'll start spending it unless you make deliberate decisions to save that money or to move it towards the future. And actually, there's a bias in there as well. I think we all have a bias towards what's happening now. And there's probably a bit of temptation in there as well. And a lot of the marketing companies prey on that. They know that we want to enjoy life now. And there's nothing wrong with that. But delayed gratification and kind of planning towards the future and setting yourselves goals and then spending meaningfully against that you you have to be conscious and deliberate about it you can't just that won't just happen mm. so that's where the budget comes in the budget is really making sure you know what comes in and goes out and you you are planning around that and you're leaving enough room to put money aside for some meaningful spending and for future goals as well so it, it, what would you say is the ultimate goal and outcome we're looking to drive by budgeting? Is it to set ourselves up financially for the future or is it slightly more nuanced than that? I think it, as so often it depends. That's not very helpful. But I think a budget is actually the starting point for a long-term financial plan. So it could be that you say, I'm happy or you are a bit further on in life and uh, you might think I've already saved towards my future goals and, but you still need a budget to know what am I spending the money on? Because when you actually do your budget, you will find, like most people do, that we do a lot of impulse buying. And a lot of those purchases actually don't make us happy in the long term. Mm. There's some interesting research around that as well. 
all, most of us do it and frighteningly some of us do it almost every day but it doesn't give us meaningful long-lasting happiness so it's not just about saving towards future goals it's also directing your money even if it's for the now towards what is actually really meaningful to you Mm. No, I think that's a really nice way to start this off, Svenja. And I think the reason why I was really interested in doing this is because obviously lots of the managers within our community are very ambitious. They're looking to strive towards promotions and new jobs, which obviously come with higher salaries as well. And understanding how to manage that and not be, like you say, and just falling into the natural trap of spending what's coming in and just naturally having your outgoings increase as those salaries goes up is obviously a really important part as well. Okay, this is exciting, Svenja. I'm excited to dive into this then. Having set that up then, how would you start working with people and how do you recommend people start trying to understand their kind of financial situation and then start producing this personal budget? I have a four-step plan when I do the budgeting. The first one is record. And a lot of people think that's really tedious and I can explain that a bit more. All down on paper, start optimizing and looking where can I make gains. And then the third one is to set yourself spending limits if you want them. And then the fourth one is to review it regularly. So the first one, a lot of people feel actually really anxious about it. It's recording and it's anxiety, but it's also probably it's quite tedious but it looks worse than it is. Once you get going, it's not that difficult and it doesn't have to be 100% accurate. Obviously, if you estimate too much, it doesn't become very meaningful, but you don't have to get it right to the penny. You can just write down rough numbers if you're not sure, but go through your paperwork and have a look. You basically, you list out all your income after tax as it comes into your bank account, And don't forget things like interest or if you have rental income or anything else, and then your salary, your bonus, everything that comes in, and then you list out everything that goes out. The outgoings are the ones that people normally don't really want to face, but it is important. There's something about putting it on paper or in whatever way you want to do it. You can use pen and paper, you can use Excel spreadsheets. There's some helpful tools as well on the government site called Money Helper or on Mm -hmm. the Witch Consumer Group website. They have some good budgeting tools that are all free. You can just access them. But it's that process. It's seeing it black and white, but it's also the process of going through, hang on, what am I actually spending? And normally you split it into essential and discretionary. So essential is anything you couldn't survive without your home, maybe your transport, unless it's for fun, but if it's taking you to and from work, food, so anything essential, anything you've committed, you can't really get out of bills, council tax, those things. And then discretionary is anything that adds to your lifestyle and that goes out. And it's that category. Most Mm -hmm. people that I work with and myself, actually, when I do it, I think, oh, my God, have I really spent that much? And you think the essential bit is actually you think that's actually not that much. Oh, I don't spend that much. And then you start looking at what else you've spent that much. Mm -hmm. You think, oh, my God, how much am I spending And a lot of it is the coffee here, the coffee there, the lunch here, dinner. 
clothes, it's little Amazon purchases, very popular. And it's all those little things that add up and you don't really realize. I think there's something about card payments as well. We're moving more towards a cashless society, but it, it removes our relationship is one step removed again. So it makes it mm -hmm. easier to just spend. If you can see the money in your purse in the past reducing, you would maybe be a bit more careful. But there's a lot of psychology around that as well. We are coming to tips, so I won't say too much here, but it is really about going through that process of writing it down. It might, it doesn't actually take that long. It looks maybe a bit daunting to start with, but I think once you've sat down, it's maybe half an hour to an hour. And then mm -hmm. once you've got your categories and you've got your list, updating it in the future will be a lot less time. Yeah. So it's not that difficult. So that's really step one recording and on that Svenja do you recommend you come back to that every week a month how often do you recommend you address this I would say every month there's a fine line between becoming obsessive about it and feeling in control so I would recommend once a month once a month really just to look at what you've spent and just doing a quick checkup I would say the bigger picture, once you put your spending limits in and the bigger picture of optimizing, I would only do that once a year. Nothing is ever that accurate and things do fluctuate. So once a month, make sure you're staying within what you've set yourself and you're keeping an eye on how much you're spending on what and then once a year on the bigger picture stuff. Fantastic. It makes a lot of sense. So maybe jump into a few of the other steps as well and just maybe give us a few more details on those as well. That'd be great. Yeah, so for the optimizing, I look at essential. There isn't that much you can do normally. The only things I would ask is, do I have the best deal? So energy, phone, am I actually paying over the odds insurances if you just go through the renewal? All the mm -hmm. things that add up over time. So just check whether you're on the best deal and while you're doing that also, do I buy within the right scope? So do I actually purchase way too much data for my phone that I actually never use? It's those things. Mm -hmm. How can I reduce things that I'm paying for and I actually don't really use? And I'll check your subscriptions. You can do that on your phone. You just go into your profile and on Apple, there is a, if you go into your profile, it says, subscriptions and go through the list and check whether you're actually using them or not and you can do that in your bank account as well check your direct debits and your credit card just check what goes out regularly and mm -hmm. whether you're actually using it and then for the discretionary expenditure there's a lot more this is actually a lot more around impulse buying and your emotions that come with it so it's really understanding has this purchase been meaningful to me? So if you go through your list and identify big items that keep coming up, ask yourself, was this meaningful to me? Has this actually created a long-lasting effect of happiness? And that study about impulse buying, actually the majority of people had negative feelings afterwards, regret, an argument with the partner, which I thought was quite funny, or feeling indifferent, really. So ask yourself, you go through that process of saying, that coffee I buy every morning, do I need it? If yes, there's no problem with it, but 
make the decision and the distinction for yourself. What means something to me? What is maybe a treat I really want? And what, what is actually just because I'm not in a good place or I'm stressed out or I do it all the time and I'm not mm-hmm. really thinking about it and then tackle those ones. No, I think I can resonate with a lot about what you're saying there as well. And I think coffee is potentially my, my one as well. Every time I go out, it's an easy one just to go and buy. And I'm sure if I was to spend the time to actually look at how many coffees that I've bought and the amount of money it goes, it would probably be quite scary. So I can <laughs> see why becoming a little bit more mindful about these things and actually mm. taking the time to investigate would help you make some more positive decisions as well. No, I think that that makes a lot of sense, Venya. And then the next step was around spending limits. What do you recommend there? Yeah, so spending limits is really if you have some longer term goals. So let's say you are saving towards a property deposit. You've got to find some room in your budget to put that money aside. And I would say we all want to enjoy life now and we have to. It's Mm. part of what we do and it keeps us going. So find a balance between, let's say you've identified certain discretionary spending, certain pots. So most people have clothes, most people have holidays and maybe eating out. And then think, what is the doable budget every month I could set aside for that? And that is my Mm. limit. And then that that will help you to budget around it every month. There might be months where you go out and spend a lot more on eating out so then next month I've got to be a bit more careful it's by setting those limits you know what your essentials are you've optimized them you know what your discretionary spend is on average so you can then say actually I want to bring this down a little bit so instead of spending I don't know 300 pounds a month on eating out I just want to spend 200 pounds or even 250 Mm -hmm. it doesn't even if the small gains but you're setting yourself a limit And then the 50 pounds that goes into a longer term savings pot that then takes a bit of discipline and working Mm -hmm. around how you're going to make that happen and make sure that money is actually reserved for the future. And we can talk about that in the top tips at the end, how you could do that. But I think when you set yourselves the limits, it's really thinking about what is doable. If it's like a real stretch, I think it's easier to then go, oh, I can't do this. But just, and you could start small, just try and reduce it by 50 pounds a month or just a small amount and try and put that aside. And that's where the reviews come in handy. If you find this is actually, I can't do this without kind of feeling restricted or then you just adjust it. It's your budget. So you, but also it's then connecting it with your long-term goal. That part of a wider financial planning exercise. But if I give up my coffee every morning because that will buy me a house in the future, I think that connection makes it a lot easier Mm. to do. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense is when you've got that purpose where you're trying to get to, you can then make decisions without feeling like you're missing out and losing out on things and decreasing the the value to your life and those sorts of things as well. So I think that makes a lot of sense. In terms of that regular review, like you said before, I think you mentioned that these kind of bigger things are once a year and you, the kind of the, the accounting side of it and the actual kind of documenting it is once a month. Is there anything else on that review that you're doing? So you've also mentioned there you're reviewing the goals and where you're going to get to. Is there anything else that you're thinking about during that review? No, I think I would 
in the longer term review, I would look at the spending limits and how easy or how difficult I found it. Mm -hmm. Check out how much did you actually manage to stick to it. You could look at the months and the fluctuations. Let's mm -hmm. say around Christmas, you might be spending more on going out or more on presents. And how did you balance that out in the other months? So it's more like a review of how did it work for me and how does it fit in with my behaviors as well? Whereas, as you say, the monthly one is more the accounting bit of writing yeah. it down. And, but even the writing down, I think it makes you notice things when you think, oh, really, I've, I've gone over there again. How did that happen? Or, but it's, it's also the smaller things where you think, yeah, I really wanted this pair of trainers, this coat. And then you think I've already used up my clothing budget for the month. And then you work towards it. I actually think when you then purchase that piece of clothing or the shoes, you actually feel a lot more achievement. It does change things. It makes you a lot more aware of what you're doing and how you're feeling about it. No, that's great. And I think that's a great framework to provide the audience with there as well, Svenja, because I think it's very simple, isn't it? It's a very simple framework, a very simple process that we can all go through, but will make real differences in terms of how we spend and manage that spending and make sure that we're staying ultimately within the confines and the limits that we want to set ourselves as well and to help us reach those financial goals we're getting to. When you see people with these budgets that go through this process then, what are your top tips for ultimately sticking to that budget? And maybe also what are the common mistakes that you see people making that makes them stray outside of it as well? Yeah, those are good questions. And I was going to say, it is a fairly simple process. And that shows you that actually, it is a lot more about our emotions, our feeling our relationship with money, and our behaviors. So mm. those are all things we can influence, it goes back to that making deliberate decisions and conscious choices in your life. And you are the only one who can actually make that happen. Mm. So a few tips on the more practical notice, if you set yourself spending limits, for example, and you've identified an amount of money every month that you want to save it on a standing order every month at the start mm -hmm. of the month, as soon as the paycheck comes in, you are sending that money somewhere else to sit mm -hmm. somewhere else, ideally in a higher paying um, interest account or even invested if you have very long time to do it. But the main thing here is to get rid of that money out of your current account, because as I say, we spend what we have in our account, the temptation is there to use that money. For the spending limits, you can also have separate accounts. So I have clients that have set up different accounts for clothing, eating out, and they just put the money in there every month. And then mm -hmm. if they haven't spent all of it one month, they can see what's available. I think that's mm -hmm. quite a neat way of doing it. They could be deposit accounts as well with some interest on it. Some banks actually give you quite good interest rates if you save regularly into them. So you mm -hmm. get a bit of extra through that as well. But the main thing is you can actually really see what's available in your clothing budget, your eating out budget, your whatever budget you want. To. We already said check once a month. The accountability, I think, if you struggle with that, find ways to help yourself with that. So you could have an accountability buddy, someone you're doing it with. I think sometimes that adds maybe a bit of competition, but mainly someone to check in and say, yeah, I'm within the budget or I'm doing okay. 
or it could be your partner, it could be a friend, depending on how you want to do it. But I think know yourself and see, know what you're like and work against that from the start. With the impulse purchases, there are quite a few tips around that because I actually think that is a lot more around your emotions and your relationship with money. So work out when you're doing them. Think about when am I actually... You, and you can see it if you do the forensic analysis of your account. When do these impulse purchases happen? For most people, it's when they're stressed. For me, actually, it was always, I hate waiting around. Waiting at the train station, I would go and start buying things because I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. Some people, it's sitting at home and not having much to do or feeling really stressed out. And then know your triggers and just create that distance so if you know this is happening when I go to a train station now I know that this is my vulnerable moment so I make myself aware and I find other things to do I might listen to a podcast or I just by being aware I stop myself if I find myself in a shop and pick things up I might actually step out and just create a bit of distance if you've done it online you could leave the shopping basket for a while and come back to it without actually purchasing it so mm -hmm. it's creating that distance and maybe thinking a little bit about why you're doing it in that moment but also it's about having that purpose so thinking how has this ever made me really happy or what are my longer term goals and wouldn't I rather want that money to go towards the longer term goals and mm -hmm. I have to say there are the main pitfalls as well a lot of clients I work with when things get a bit crazy in life they start throwing all the things they've set themselves out the window and you think no we've worked so hard and you've we've tried to put this in place but understandably when things go wrong that's when all your good intentions go out the window as well it's knowing about them and knowing that you know that this happens but mm. it's then working against them no there's some really good tips in there Sonia I particularly really like the idea of having the different accounts everywhere so the money just goes straight from the current account into all the other accounts so you know exactly what you have to spend in different areas and also I think it's a really important one that you said there is making sure that the savings goes out first is get rid of that first from the account and then you can deal with everything else from there whereas normally it is I think if you're trying to save at the end of the month with what you have left typically you'll get it down to zero won't you so I think that's a really important tip and then I really like the idea about knowing your triggers as well and I can see how going through the process that you mentioned there particularly around identify where you're spending that will help you become more mindful of those triggers and mindful of the places where you're typically going to spend and therefore you can almost become more aware and put things in place to stop that so I think that makes a lot of sense as well that's all really interesting Sonia. I think there's loads of great tips and advice for our managers to uh, to carry on with there I think that's probably a good place to wrap up on our budgeting side of the conversation here Svenja but obviously I'm sure there's going to be managers in our community that want to learn more, want to hear more from you and get more tips. Where can they follow along? Where can they connect with you in more detail, Svenja, to get that? Yeah, thank you. I've got um, a LinkedIn account where I post regularly. It's Svenja Keller Limited or my personal LinkedIn account as well. I've got a website, which is svenjakeller.co.uk. 
that you can find most things on there and you can book in if you want an initial chat with me you can book into the website as well Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing those tips with us today, Svenja. As I mentioned, we're about to go on and record a second part of this now, which is going to be about time to think. So for those of you listening that want to jump across to that and learn more about communicating effectively and how we can use the time to think concept, then do jump across there now. If not, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to you, Svenja.